You are listening to the Intentionally International Podcast. I am Anitra Kitts. I'm an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church USA, and I'm a freelance writer and occasional preacher in Munich, Germany. And I am the Reverend Matthew Lafferty. I'm an ordained pastor in the United Methodist Church. I currently serve as the director of the Methodist Ecumenical Office Rome and the Methodist representative to the Holy See. Prior to my appointment to Rome, I served nearly a decade in English-speaking international congregations in Europe. Anitra and I are two Americans living in Europe and involved in English-speaking congregations in non-English-speaking countries. We think there is something interesting going on in these congregations, and we want to share what we've learned with you. Today's guest is Steve Henderson. I'm pastor at Munich International Community Church, which is a, uh, an independent, longstanding church here in the Munich area. And uh, we draw from people all over uh, this part of Bavaria. We have uh, represented in our congregation over 50 different nations. Uh, the largest uh, nation representation comes from Germany. Uh, we are just a, a mixture of people who want to come together uh, in an English-speaking setting and enjoy uh, the instruction from the scriptures and the worship of the triune God. That's what unites us together. It's not a denominational distinctive or a a particular uh, style or anything. We are mixed with people from uh, all continents of the world. We do have the opportunity to welcome uh, families and singles and uh, retired folks from everywhere. And so it's a it's a good mixture. We're grateful for that. The church has been here since 1985. Uh, so it was here for 14 years before I came. And uh, I am the third person who has served as a full-time vocational pastor. If you would turn the clock back uh, to 1950, we would, uh, we would see that an international church then would be something of a necessity. Uh, for the uh, English-speaking military presence that was in Munich. And so that would be okay, I understand that. But then if you turn the clock forward another maybe 25, 30 years, you'd find that it wouldn't be a necessity anymore. The military presence had diminished significantly. Uh, and so it was, it was more something of an object of uh, interest or as an, an oddity or curiosity. And uh, people uh, looked at that as, well, that's, that's nice, it's there. But then with the advance of uh, increased education and global travel uh, in the uh, 80s, 90s, and up until the present day, uh, we have an opportunity really, and that's what we've seized as the opportunity for ministry here uh, in these last 20 years, is an opportunity strategically to affect the world um, in that we have nations of the world who are coming here for a season, and we have the opportunity to uh, capture the hearts and minds of men and women and uh, develop their discipleship and growth in Christ and then uh, deploy them strategically to uh, other places around the world. And that's a, that's a great, great opportunity for us. And that's something that I, uh, I look back on the last 20 years with uh, great satisfaction and joy, knowing that uh, that is the case, that there are so many people scattered around. Steve has a strong vision for what ministry should be at the Munich International Community Church. If we're just having services week after week, we're not hitting the mark. Uh, and that's a relatively easy thing to do. But we have to take the scriptures, definition, 
of the church's identity and the church's mission in the world uh, and take that seriously. And so we say, we're not just going to have services. And when we do take that mission and identity seriously, then that opens the door for an opportunity for us to see real transformation in our own personal lives, in our families, in our church life, and also the impact of our church on the community. Uh, to, we want to be transformative in this community um, and not just be a nice place where English speakers can go and hide um, in their little enclave or ghetto for an hour and a half on Sunday. But uh, the church is designed and called to be engaged in an active task of mission. So that helps us to do that. Pastor Steve has a term he likes to use when he's talking about different kinds of ministry and when he's comparing his own ministry to others. That term is oasis versus launching. An oasis church versus a launch pad church. The idea of an oasis is, a, I think, a fairly common notion, not only in international churches, but in, in local churches, that there's a, a lot of uh, hectic activity and things going on out there, and this is a place where I can come and be refreshed. And that is certainly an aspect of a local church ministry. But in the international context, I find that that is uh, ultimately destructive uh, for a local church because it lulls us into an artificial sleep rather than resting and preparing for uh, future engagement. And so the opportunity that we have as we intentionally view ourselves as a launching pad, I do like that idea, is that people come into the local church and are connected in the life of the local church, not just attending services, but actively engaging with one another, actively receiving instruction from the scriptures, actively interacting with people in a small group setting, and being engaged in basic areas of Christian truth, basic areas of uh, Christian worldview, basic uh, aspects of Christian character development, and so that when they leave Munich, they're different from when they came, and they have a sense of having embraced that vision and so when they launch out from Munich to go to Dubai or Singapore or St. Louis, they are going with a different mindset than which they brought with them to this place. That's our desire is to shape people's lives and direction in that way and to launch them out. It's the kind of thing where you receive someone, you, know, you think in terms of an academic setting, someone comes to a university, they're received, they're developed, and then they're deployed. They're, they're sent out to do something into the world, and they're different from when they arrived. We have that same uh, short-term focus on people here. Even though we have many people who have been in the church for a long time, we have to keep that mindset that the average person's stay is going to be three years or so. And so what can we do then intentionally in that three-year period to affect the way in which they live, the way in which they think, the way in which they re-enter their world or enter into the world in a different location when they leave here. That's what we're consciously trying to do. Has it been a, a journey to get there? I, I, I'm, I'm curious, not, not knowing kind of the history mm. and, uh, of the congregation, and, and maybe it's not been a journey, so we just say, no, we can move on. It, 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 it has been a journey to get there in that when I first arrived 
the church, I think, was, I think it would be fair to say that the church was more sedentary than it is today. Mm -hmm. uh, that there was a certain level of contentment with the status quo. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is what we've done. We're kind of a Bible teaching center and people come and people go. Um, but it was, um, I would say, after two or three years here that I clearly um, saw the opportunities and the connections to that. This is what we're doing. As, uh, as I, I mentioned before, I came here from a, where I had been a school administrator in South Carolina for five years. And in that process of you know, being a school administration, you, you, you've, you've got to ask yourself, what are you doing? If you're just holding classes uh, and you're doing, uh, what's, that, what's that wonderful, awful phrase that they use? Uh, social graduation or something like that, that just because you reached your birthday, you go to the next grade. Um, you know, we didn't want to do that here. I didn't want to do that in the, in the school setting. You know, what do we want our children to know? What do we want them to be? What do we want them to do? Those are questions that you have to ask yourself as you're an educator. And as a pastor, I ask the same set of questions here. Uh, what do they need to know? What do they uh, need to be in terms of their character? And what do they need to do? And so those are the things that over time to present that and to have people embrace that, uh, that was a, um, a process, certainly. And it, it took some time. I'm glad, I am glad that we came here and had time to develop. And what would be the, the role, the sense of calling for those who've been in the congregation more than 10 years or for those, those eight people who have been there more than 20? Do they, do they see their role as helping to enable their, their calling to, to, to be there with you to assist this missional launching pad model? Or do they see see their 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 calling their role in in the community as something different that's, that's an excellent question i think that there is an element of, of both some who have been here for a long long time um have embraced that uh, there is a there's a hump that you go over um and you know you've been in vienna for five years now um but there's this place where you say okay i'm here i speak the language reasonably well um, I'm working in a German firm. Um, my colleagues all speak German. Um, my neighbors all speak German. Why am I going to an English-speaking church? And so you come to grips with that reality. And I've seen so many people come to that place of, okay, I'm comfortable. I, I want to be here. And especially for those who have um, become mission-minded and say, I, I want to reach my my neighbors and my colleagues. They say, well, if I invite them to come to the English-speaking church, that might not be such a great idea. So maybe I should find a German congregation so that I can invite my neighbors to join me in Bible study or in church worship. And so th that happens. If a person goes over that hump and says, no, I want to be in the international community. I want to be a part of this, and I'll continue to be a part of it then there is that kind of adoption of the mission that is stronger at that point, and they continue that way. I feel very fortunate to, in these um, last several weeks to, to hear from other pastors about their, their own sense of calling. How do we be the church? How do we be churches that are English-speaking and non-English-speaking countries? And, um, and so feel blessed to, to share this time 
with you to hear um, from you the, the, the work to which you've been called in Munich and how you and your congregation are, are faithful to that call and how do you cultivate a strong, that strong sense of calling and, and, mm-hmm. and how you've gotten there. So thank you so much for, for sharing that with us and sharing that with me. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and we pray others are, are blessed in, um, as we share this time with others through, through our podcast. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I'm glad to be a help to you. Trust that it is helpful and uh, look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you for listening to the Intentionally International podcast. Find us online wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and give us a five-star rating to help others discover this podcast. Visit our blog on our website at iipodcast.org. I am the Reverend Matthew A. Lafferty, and together with the Reverend Anitra Kitts, we are producing this podcast, Intentionally International.